Welcome back to another episode of the Best Minutes Podcast. Each week, Movies by Minutes hosts, that's me and Jessa, examine the 1946 William Wyler-directed film, The Best Years of Our Lives, one minute of screen time per episode. I'm Murrin. I don't think if I said that last time. <laughs> I'm Murrin from Point Break Minute and The Cast and the Furious. And uh, Jessa is here, my co-host from Point Break Minute. How are you doing, Jessa? Good. How about you? I'm good. And yet again, the guest is me padre, Bob Keckley. So glad to be here. Yeah, glad to have you. This is fun. So this minute, uh, minute 62, I want to say. See, it's always hard to count these minutes. Do you count minute zero as minute one? This is an hour and one minute into the movie. I think that's the best way to say it. Uh, We see uh, Frederick March, Al, getting out of bed, and the music is pretty silly. And he's he's warming up to the physical comedy that will come. I think he's still he's still playing it kind of soft right now. But the music, yeah, the music is telling us that it's funny. But he's just kind of warming up to it. I'm he's he's gathering his wits. uh, there's no dialogue in this minute, <laughs> so we'll see how much material we can get out of it. But uh, the main—I guess—we'll just cut to the main point. He picks up his boots. That's the main bit of action in this minute. Would you agree? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's—I guess—he's just saying goodbye to the army because uh, that's that—that that seems to be. Boots. Yeah, it seems to be the the only interpretation we can think of. I mean, interpreted that because the music is like rolling snare, like military. Yeah, the the music in this movie is very illustrative. Uh, There's a point later where uh, Harold Russell sees some kids, I think, or is it Wilma? One one of them sees some kids and then there's like a little kitty like theme that plays. Kind of thing. She's like, yep, they're kids. They're playing. He does it again later when he sees his sister sleeping. Yeah, I would say that the music is a little bit uh, obvious in this yeah. movie. Yeah. It's, I, I, it's telling the story. Yeah. It's, the music tells the story along with the action. And Bob, you're a composer, so I, I feel like yes. you, would, you would have the insight to, to, to speak on that. Well, what I would say is that uh, usually uh, when I think a um, film music is good, you don't notice it quite as much as you do with this one. Mm. I mean, it, this yeah. one kind of hits you over the head a little bit. And I don't think it, I don't think that helps. Yeah. So I would be critical of it in that sense. It's a good movie, but uh, the, the music is just a little over the top. Um, yeah. For uh, another example is uh, where he's in the, uh, this isn't, this is a different minute, but it's okay. the, uh, uh, where at the end where he's um, in the field of airplanes yeah, and he gets up in there and, and then there's a, a shot of each of the four uh, propeller engines. And each time there's a shot on one of them, there's this kind of musical crash mm-hmm. and it's just kind of bombastic. And, yeah. you know, I know it's supposed to be, oh, what a shock. Look at, they took, they just 
mangled that that propeller and took the engine apart. It was a beautiful machine and it's gone, you know. See, it's, it's, yeah. it's, 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 but the music just kind of made me go, oh, come on. <laughs> you, can, you can do better than that. There's, there's, a, there's a better way to, to express it, maybe. Yeah, that scene, I think, was until that part was fairly effective, like seeing him walk. It was, very, it was another piece of striking imagery, seeing the field of yeah, broken oh, airplanes. Yeah. yeah, it's a great scene. Um, and it could have been just, effective with just silent. Um, but Oh, yeah, I they, agree. Movies agree. hadn't quite gotten to that point yet where they could be that uh, experimental. Yeah. Um, and, but, you know, in, and in fact, the, uh, the comical music that goes with this drunk scene I think that was de uh, detracted, actually. It's just yeah. too much, you know? Mm -hmm. It's like too obvious. We didn't need that. Yeah, yeah. He, I, was, I, he was funny without it. Yeah, he's funny without <laughs> it. I, one thing I, I will say is that I, I really do, I really did appreciate the humor in this movie because it is a pretty dark story um, in a lot of ways, although it ends on an up note. Uh, but it's for its time i think it's a fairly naked you know naked look at what these guys would go through it's they're all struggling um and i, I think even the drunkenness of al i was going to say earlier it, it is played for comedy but it's almost on the edge sometimes it's starting yes. there there are moments where you're thinking this isn't a good thing for him and it never goes you know, all the way there, but there are right. moments where it peeks through and it's, oh, maybe it doesn't seem like it's playing it for laughs. Yeah, I, in fact, the minute we're talking about is the funniest part of yeah. his drunkenness. The yeah. night before, not so funny. Mm -hmm. It was kind yeah. of... He looks, he's, of, he's a little ooh. bit... And then he, he has a, there's a, he gives the speech uh, at like his banker's uh, dinner later yeah. on. And that's a little bit more like, oh, he's not you know he's not making sense all the way and he's saying things he shouldn't and it's yeah it's not as funny there either right um, so the, the, i think that's good that they were able to just take alcoholism and not just make it funny but so yeah that it's a problem you yeah know? but but i was gonna say at, at the same time i do appreciate the humor in this movie for because i always think in movies like this where it's about something pretty dark like war and and uh ptsd uh to have humor in there makes it palatable. It's having, it's like having the the cheese with the broccoli. I think that's something a critic has said. I heard that someone else coined that, but it's, if you just have the broccoli, it's going to be hard to get it down. It'll be good for you. But if you have the cheese with the broccoli, then it, it just plays a little bit better and it makes it more effective and it makes everything more effective. I think having and that together enjoyable. and more enjoyable, it should be enjoyable. And this yeah, movie that, is, that is helps not, give the story an arc too, because yeah. It's not just one thing. It can and, and also like, and yeah, even even you know people, you know, soldiers who are back from the war who are maybe not feeling great, they still want to have a good time and laugh. Yeah, and you see that too, which is really nice. Like there's scenes where, the, and I love every time that uh, the three guys see each other mm -hmm. in scenes. They're always like so happy to see each other, and it's very heartwarming. It is. They they've created this bond just on the last you know their last flight back into town. Yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, the drinking uh, is a way that guys tended to bond. Yeah. I mean, it was a, a way to bond and a symbol of mm -hmm. making a bond, just like the cigarettes. The cigarettes were very much a symbol of that, too. That's, 
I think the first time we saw those three guys together, uh, there was a cigarette that they were, they were all going to have a cigarette and then Homer, uh, yeah. showed how he could light the cigarette, but, but several times it seemed in the movie there, there was a place where, okay, the cigarette is the, the prop of choice to yeah. uh, kind of make things happen. And then when they use cigars later, that was kind of a, a way to show a different class of uh, something that wasn't connecting quite right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there, yeah, there's a moment where the guy offers him a cigar and he's like, I smoke, but just cigarettes. Yeah, that um, was his future father-in-law offered him that. I oh, yeah, yeah, it was uh, Wilma's Wilma's dad. father, yeah. Yeah. He was a strange man. I, I didn't yeah. think... <laughs> Kind of a small character. He doesn't have too much to do. He wasn't very nice. But yeah, yeah. He was very not warm. Yeah. I, I can understand where Wilma was coming from <laughs> to yeah. have a father like that. Yeah, that yeah, Wilma is just like you know the picture of warmth and decency and, and yeah. acceptance. Uh, yeah, cigarettes and movies are uh, are interesting. It's it's very effective because it's always helpful in a scene to have something to do with your hands it really helps uh, both, you know, as an actor, it helps get into the scene, but also just watching the scene, I think it helps to have some action. Uh, yeah. Just watching two people s- stand still and talk to each other is less interesting. And it's hard, sometimes it's hard to find, oh, maybe you can like sit down or lean on something. It's like, that's yeah. not always an option. So having a cigarette is always, that would, al- that would always help. And I, I, right. I did appreciate also in this movie seeing there is a lot of, uh, these guys or you know any characters silently doing something and there's a there's a point i think where fred is at the soda the soda fountain and you see him make two sundays from start to finish right no one's the camera talking. stays on him the whole time yeah and there's no, there's nothing the else thing. happening no one's talking he's just making the sundays and i was like yeah this is cool to see that like it's it's just it it, it it's kind of places you in the world a little more because he clearly really did that. Like he probably had to practice scooping and, and knowing what to do. Yeah. So it would look like he know what he was doing. And, and he's like, you're going to do this whole thing and you're going to do it for real with real, you know, maybe it wasn't all real food, but then he makes the guy a ham sandwich with dry bread and no, and he doesn't toast it or anything. And I thought right. that was weird. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like see, you seeing people get out of bed and, uh, you see the whole process. Right. Like what, like this minute. Right. I guess that was Weiler's choice uh, or the cinematographer uh, to, to stay the, keep the camera right on the, on the action, not move around, not make cuts. So, yeah, he, he seems like an actor. And I'm, I'm, I'm curious to explore more of this guy's movies. Uh, I mean, I've seen a couple of them, but not really knowing, uh, knowing, knowing the connections that, that were his other films. He, uh, as I mentioned, he directed The Little Foxes. There was another quote I saw um, where he, he directed Betty Davis a few times. And Betty Davis was quoted, I don't think it was Little Foxes, a different movie, but she was quoted as saying that he, I'm a better actor after working with him. Oh, wow. very good. Which yeah. is, yeah, it's big coming from Betty Davis for sure. And uh, I could definitely see that. And especially thinking about uh, him wanting to work, you know, hiring and wanting to work with Harold Russell and being like, I know how to work with someone, you know, I, I can get this guy where he needs to be. I'm sure Harold Russell, you know, because he's, 
he had the knowledge to play this character from his life experience. There wasn't much that needed to be done, but having to learn how to act on camera is there's, it's not simple. And it seems like he does, he knows what he's doing. Yeah. You know, he, yeah. And uh, I'm just, I imagine William Wyler had a lot to do with that sort of walking him through the process in a certain yeah. way. Yeah. And it was very, worked very well. Well, as far as the camera shots too, the, uh, the guy who did the camera work, uh, Greg Tolan, I think his name is. Mm. Uh, he also that name's familiar. Yeah, he worked. Uh, he also did Citizen Kane. Mm. Oh, well, there you Orson go. Orson Welles. Um, and there's, I think I read that there's uh, a couple of shots that echo uh, Citizen Kane in this movie. Oh, yeah. Like, like the, um, oh, well, the scene we were talking about where uh, he's drunk giving a speech. Uh, there's a, the shot is from the back of the table and you see the backs of the heads of all the people looking at him mm-hmm. on the side of the table. And there's old, uh, there he is at the, at the head with, uh, with his boss, played by Ray Collins, who was also in Citizen Kane. Oh, okay. Yeah. So there's a bunch of connections there. Nice. Whenever I see Ray Collins, I always think of Perry Mason, of course, because he was... Uh, on the uh, Perry Mason show as Lieutenant Trag. <laughs> hey, so these are the references I, I got you. I got I got you on this podcast for. Uh, <laughs> I, I want I want all these uh, old actor references that I know you have. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Greg Toland apparently, yeah, he did Citizen Kane, did The Grapes of Wrath, uh, and he also did The Little Foxes. Oh, keeps oh there up. you go. Yeah, Betty Davis. He was, uh, I think I read some, somewhere, there's a s- couple of scenes also where uh, he's very carefully keeping the background and the foreground both in focus at the same time. Oh, which interesting. Is, I noticed that. Oh, good job. I did not, but good job. It's unusual. Yeah. Uh, for example, the, uh, it's a great scene where Homer plays the piano. Do you remember that? Yeah, mm-hmm. with Hoagie Carmichael. Uh, with Hoagie Carmichael, who we'll talk about in a minute. Uh, but at the same time, there's um, Al leaning us, supposedly supposed to be listening to it, but he's really looking over at the phone booth where Fred is calling his daughter, which yeah. is way in the background, yeah. like perfectly in focus. Mm-hmm. And that's where the action is, even though everything in the foreground. Oh man, see, I did not, I, I, I knew that was happening, but I didn't notice the detail of that. I, I knew that like, I, I actually, I saw, I noticed when Fred left, but I didn't notice him uh, calling. Mm-hmm. I, didn't, I didn't see that. Yeah, that's, yeah the that's phone cool. booth was in the shot the whole time. Oh yeah, I, I thought that was a cool scene already, but that's even cooler now. That's really, that's really nice detail. That's you really see subtle. The, you see, I think, like the whole phone call. Too. I'm, I'm sure you, I believe you. I, yeah, I, I just yeah. missed it. He's I there the whole time. It. You see him leave. You see him hang up, and then you see him leave. Yeah, I noticed. Yeah, I might have been looking at something up on my phone or something, but I noticed him leave, and I, I noticed that uh, that Al uh, Frederick March was distracted. But it was, yeah, that, that's cool. It, it reminds me, like it's. I don't know how to how cinematography works all the way, but. I know that with digital photography, which is more and more prevalent these days, that is something that is kind of like, it's easy to get everything in focus. Oh. But I imagine with an old camera, it might be difficult because that's kind of like, it's, I know when you try to focus a camera, it's hard to, you can focus on the foreground or the background. I think it's hard to focus on everything. 
Yeah, I, I think it's this, not this easy was a fairly new technique that he was using. That yeah. Something he wanted to do. So that's all I know either, though. I, I'm no, no expert. Yeah, there's a cool shot. Uh, I mean, it, going, this is digital photography, but in one of my one of my favorite movies, which I try to mention all the time, Miami Vice, uh, Michael Mann movie. Uh, there's a scene where Colin uh, Farrell and Jamie Foxx are talking on top of a skyscraper in Miami, and then you can see them, and you can also see in the background, like way miles away, like lightning crashing, like a real storm in the background. Hmm. So that's another cool example of that. Jess is nodding. I haven't seen that movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'll we'll have to you... check that out. I haven't seen it. I, I, I would enjoy showing it to both of you. Um, but anyway, yeah, the best years of our lives, uh, Al's waking up. He's about to throw his boots out the window. I think that's about it for this minute. Yeah. So uh, you can find the Best Minute podcast on Apple Podcasts. Spotify, and Google Play, or at the main site, thebestminutes.com. I should really just do this as a separate recording. It'll be much cleaner, but mm -hmm. we're just going to go through it now. Uh, the social media is available at Butch's Place, Hoagie Carmichael. Did you want to talk about Hoagie Carmichael? We can interrupt this. If you had anything specific to say or just... Oh, uh, well, uh, there was something I was going to mention about that. I, I, I did uh, uh, really appreciate him in this movie. I, th I didn't realize who it was at first. Who, and I just thought like, oh, that? this this piano player, Butch, is a pretty cool, seems like he, he plays well on screen too. And then like, I mean, I play, like he acts well. I thought he was very charming. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and a good it's, presence. Not, it's not his only movie. He was in To Have and To Have Not. Okay. With Humphrey Bogart and Lauren Bacall. That's the one where they met. She was 17. Uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> and they got married. Uh, but uh, yeah, he, he plays a similar part. Uh, Carmichael does. Uh, yeah. Well, I, I assume he, he would play the, yeah, that kind of part. But. Yeah. And he's written many hit songs that are yeah. still popular today. Fabulous composer and uh, great piano player, obviously. Uh, but yeah, he, uh, he had been in uh, two or three films at least, but to have and to have not is another good one, but he was, nice. um, Pivotal, pivotal role in that one. Nice, yeah, he's he's great in this, and it's cool. To, it's really cool. To, you you can tell there are a couple shots of him playing the piano, and you're like, oh yeah, he's. You can totally tell that he's playing the piano, and in so many movies, you see like a, a movie star playing the piano, and you just cut away from their hands. And it's there's something really satisfying about seeing like, oh, you can see it, and again, it's like it's like the Fred making this. Sundays or like, you know, that you see all the action and you can tell that they're really doing it. Yeah. And that's yeah. definitely, you know, they got a real piano player and they got, and then it's all the stuff with uh, Harold, uh, Harold Russell actually using his hooks to do things. And you can tell he knows how to do that because he's a real guy who has that. And it's, it's, it's cool. It's just, it makes it feel real and you, you suck, it pulls you in a little bit to see. Yeah. That. I think that's one of Weiler's uh, ideas to, in yeah. this film is to make it look real and that realism and those, and it, those are, though there's some of the ways he did it but yeah. also the the cinematography was meant to do that i think uh, mm -hmm. tolan's uh, work with getting the focus a certain way and i read something about the sets um, and i didn't know what this meant but i read it that uh the sets for this piece were actual size instead of oversize. 
I didn't oh. know what they. I didn't know they did oversize. I I feel like I heard that, uh, but I don't. Yeah, I don't remember why or or, or for yeah. Oh, would, would they be oversized to fit camera crew and all that? Well, yeah, maybe it, to was, fit more it was to it was to uh, accommodate the cameras, but I don't know in what way. Oh, okay. Was I it don't know. could it have also been like because of the foreground background thing? If the back maybe to make the background look clear right size if yeah like, maybe. It, it, you can just pick it you can see it better be, i don't know I, yeah i don't know what i'm saying now but yeah it's it's really cool to see all that stuff and yeah it's it's definitely groundbreaking i i feel like I, i'm glad i had you on because i i just have less context for old movies because i just they're just all kind of exist in one time for me i don't know i seeing it at the time like i i can't even imagine you, you'd be like Oh, this is a whole new thing. I, you know, I haven't seen anything like this before. But to me, it's hard to imagine that. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, Hoagie Carmichael. Uh, also, not in this minute, but you know, we only got some. We, we got to talk about what we want to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> no rules, just right, as I say about podcasting. Well, all the all the minutes are connected anyway. They're all connected. Yeah, they all they all uh, you know have an effect on each other. So. It, Anyway, uh, Butch's Place, The Best Years of Our Lives Listener's Cafe is on Facebook. Uh, so you can go check that out and talk to people about the movie. And it's also on Twitter at The Best Minutes if you're a Twitter person. And uh, we'll see you next time uh, on The Best Minutes Podcast. Check it out. Joe, you better hurry up out there because she's taking off soon. Right, thanks. Come on, Taylor.